Hello, friends. Welcome to the Village Idiots for Christ. We're nuts for Jesus and just plain nuts. Malachi 3. I tried. I just tried doing this and I got it wrong. So it's starting over again. Um, and so let's uh, let's just start writing three here and um, hopefully get these out over the weekend. I'm making these ahead of time. Uh, I had some time, so I'm doing some stuff here. So see, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. That almost sounds like John the Baptist who was sent ahead of Christ. Uh, I say, I will send my messenger and will prepare the way before me. That may be the reference to John the Baptist. That's quoted in Matthew. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says. So, see, I will send my messenger. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come. So, this is, I think this is John the Baptist and Jesus because the messenger came to prepare the way before Jesus. Then suddenly, right after John came, then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. And Jesus came and he also went to the temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you will desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. So Jesus was the messenger of the covenant. So, it's, so this is really cool. So like I said, Malachi's in first person. It's like he's talking to us directly here, asking personal questions. I really like the way this is written. And Malachi 3, 16 and 17 are some of my favorite verses So in the whole Bible. So um, let's, let's continue. Uh, so let's continue on here. Uh, verse two. That was just verse one. Uh, verse two. But can, who can endure the day of the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purify all silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness and the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord as in the days gone by as in former years. So some important question, but who can, now this, this may reference his second coming, but who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? Man, when he comes back, he's going to be glorious. When he comes back on his horse, out of the sky with all the saints and the, and the armies behind, the armies of heaven behind him, he is going to be glorious. He's going to fill the sky and all the saints are going to fill the sky. It's going to be amazing. Uh, and he's and he's he's like he's a cleanse he cle- he cleanses because it says look for he will be like a refiner's fire launderer so he will sit as a refiner and purify uh, all uh, purify uh, like a purifier of silver he will purify the Levites and find them like gold and silver then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness and offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord as in days gone by as in former years. Malachi 12 talks about the national national redemption of Israel. And he's going to purify Israel someday fully. And he's talking about Judah and Jerusalem here. He's talking about it will be acceptable to the Lord as in days gone by. The offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord as in days gone by. When the Lord returns... He is good. Most of the book of Revelation centers on Israel. Uh, the, the church age ends. The time of Israel, the time of the two witnesses, the time of the 144,000 come. And the Lord returns. And Zechariah 12 talks about the national day of redemption, national day, uh, the, 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 the day of the national redemption of Israel, which is coming. And he's going to reveal Yeshua HaMashiach or Jesus the Christ to Israel en masse. And what an amazing day that's going to be. So here you go right here. He's talk- I believe he's talking about this, at least in part. Let's continue on. Verse 5. So I will come near to you for judgment. I will be quick to testify against sorcerers, adulterers, and perjurers, against those who defraud laborers of their wages, who oppress the widows and the fathers to 
deprive aliens of justice who do not fear me, says the Lord Almighty. Man, when he comes back and he's and, and all are judged before that and before his great white throne, those who don't know him, he's going to judge all those sins he just talked about. He's going to testify against sorcerers, adulterers, perjurers, those who defraud laborers. Uh, um, James 5 talks about the wages you have failed to pay the workers who are testifying against you. They will and they will eat your flesh like fire, who oppress the widows and fatherless, deprive the aliens of justice, but do, but do not fear me. That's the problem. People don't fear God. So they do all these all this wickedness because they don't think there's any recompense. They don't think there's any justice. They don't think they're going to have to give an account of their lives someday. And guess what? They are. And so when the Lord returns with justice, he's going to judge the nations. Um, it's not going to be a good day for those who do not fear God. Let's continue on. Verse 6. This uh, the, t- the heading on this is robbing God. Um, and the, the, title, the title of the first section I was, was the day of judgment. So here we go. Robbing God. I, the Lord, do not change. So, so you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your forefathers, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. So again, he's so God is so kind. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, O descendants of Jacob, because I don't change, you're not destroyed. I've decided to have mercy on you, and I don't change, so you're not destroyed. Ever since the time of your forefathers, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. See? God didn't destroy them, even though they kept, even since the time of their forefathers, they turned away from his decrees and have not kept them. Even though, but he tells him at the beginning, look, I'm not destroying you, but I'm going to give you the news here. You and your forefathers are keeping my decrees. Return to me and I'll return to you, says Lord. So he's, he's like, say, look, man, repent. You know, that's the, that's the clarion call of God all the time to mankind. Repent. If God could express one word to man, it would be one word. Again, he is love. But if he expressed one word to, to lost mankind, it would be one thing. Repent. Return. Turn back to me. It's all he wants. He wants us back. But we have to turn. We have to make the decision. But you ask, how, how are we to return? And verse 8, will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have enough room for it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Man, man, if you if you're fair with God, if you treat God right, if you bless God with the tithe, which is your heart, you're giving. It's not just your substance. It's not just your possessions, not just your money you're giving. You're giving God. You're showing God your heart. You're saying, look, God, I'm not just giving you my tithe here. I'm not just giving. This is because I love you. This is it's an expression of your love for God. He says, hey, give me the first tenth. Deal with Israel here. Give me the first tenth. And why did he say that? Did he need the tenth? No, he didn't. But he wanted a measure of their heart. And this was the measure of their heart. Are you willing even to give me a tenth? And and look what he says here. It's amazing what he says. Okay, you know, talking about robbing God. He says, in tithe, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings, you're under curse, the whole nation, because you're robbing me. Bringing the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Again, they supplied the temple. 
And there wasn't food in the temple because they weren't supplying it. I love that. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I'll not throw open the floodgates of heaven, the floodgates of heaven, and pour out such a blessing, so much blessing that you will not have enough room for it. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Um, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines of your fields will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. Wow. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Man. See, he can prevent the pests. He can make the crops, the, the crops perform right. Like the, the, the grapes not being, you know, not keen cast, the casting fruit or losing their fruit off the vine. Man, everybody's so afraid. Oh my gosh, if I give God my money, I'll have nothing. No, if you give God your heart, if you give him your substance, I'm not talking about 10% tithe. They're talking about that here, but he's looking at the heart here. He, he's testing people's hearts. A tithe is a test of your heart is what that is. And again, we're not under the law of the tithe anymore, but you still should give God your heart. You have things. If you see your naked brother and he needs clothes, go clothe him. That's part of your tithe. I mean, give. And that's a test of your heart. Are you willing to share what you have with others? Are you willing to share what you have with God, with the man of God preaching in, his, in your church? Man, and then God, you, you, you do these things. And man, God just takes care of you. You know, again, it's just everything is a test. It's all about your heart and it always will be. Let's continue on. And then all the nations will call you blessed and yours will be delightful land. Wow. Verse 13. You have said harsh things against me, says the Lord. Yet you ask, what have we said against you? You have said it is futile to serve God. What did we gain by carrying out his requirements and going about like mourners before the Lord Almighty? But we, but now we call the arrogant blessed. Certainly evildoers prosper and even those who challenge God escape. Wow. Man, these people blasphemed and slandered God all the time. And yet he was merciful to them. They spoke in harsh things against him. Man, you know, if God if if God was as hard as people, they, you know, you say a harsh thing against God, boom, you're dead. But that's not the way God operates. He puts up with our crap for our whole life, most of us. And even on your deathbed, you can repent. Yet you ask, how, what have we said against you? You have said it is futile to serve God. Man, what a horrible thing to say. It's futile to serve God. But that's what they believed. What did we gain by carrying out his requirements and going about like mourners before the Lord? Man, it's worthless. Man, I got to act like a mourner. I got to be all sad. I got to crawl around all humble and stuff. I, this, it's futile. I, this is stupid to serve God. That's what they're saying in, 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 in English. That's just, this is stupid. What am I doing here? Why am I wasting my time serving this God I can't even see? That's what they were saying. Um, but we, but now, and then, and then they went on, then, then they, then they went even further. It says, but now we, now we call the arrogant blessed, man. They were saying, yeah, the ungodly guy, the guy that don't serve God, that guy's blessed. <laughs> Crazy people. Certainly evil do is prosper. Even those who challenge God escape. Whew, no fear of God, man. You can't believe these things in your heart and have any fear of God. None. And God deals with this now. We're getting into my two favorite verses. What two of my favorite verses in the whole? But but what's the, what's the truth about fearing God? What's the truth? He's going to answer. He's going to show you the truth. It's coming up in sixteen and seventeen. You want to see what the truth is? Here it is, right here. You know the the truth about serving God and all of this. Watch this. Verse sixteen and seventeen. These uh, the, I just love these two verses. 
Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other, and the Lord listened and heard. Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in His presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored His name. They will be mine, says the Lord Almighty. In the day when I make up my treasured possessions, I will spare them just as in compassion a man spares his son who serves him. And you again, here it comes, and you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. He was answering them from before. You say it's futile to serve me? Well, let me tell you what happens when you do serve me. Let me tell you what happens when you do fear me. Let me tell you what I'm going to do when you fear me. And you honor me and you reverence me and you speak about me. And that's what he's saying right here. He's answering, he's, he's answering them who say it's futile to serve God. The arrogant are blessed. Those who, uh, those who even challenge God escape. Then he answers the question. And it's answered in verse 16 and 17. What's the truth? Here's the truth. Then those who fear the Lord talk with each other. Okay, you and I are having a conversation right now. I can't see you. You see my face on a little video camera, but we're having a conversation. I'm talking, you're listening, and and, and thoughts are happening. And I got thoughts in my mind. As you're listening to this, thoughts are coming into your mind. Okay? So, those who fear the Lord talk with each other. We're having a virtual talk here. Okay? We're talking. You know, even though you, I can't hear what you're saying, your things are happening, as I said. So again, although this this applies to face to face, as of course, but what we're doing right now matters. Okay, then those who fear the Lord talk with each other, and the Lord listened and heard. So everything I'm saying right now, the Lord's listening and hearing. And as you're hearing what I'm saying, and then you're going talking to your friends about what we, what you and I are talking about right now. And that God's listening. God hears what I'm doing right now. And as you go out to your friends and you're talking about God, he's listening. It's because he listened and heard everything. When you come together in the body of Christ, virtually like this or together with your friends, you come together and you're talking about God. You're speaking about him. You have you fear him. You reverence him. And you just want to honor him. Everything you speak about him, he listens. And he hears. Again, it says the Lord, Lord, God, Lord, God, capital L, the Lord listened and heard. And watch this. I love this. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. Every time you have reverence for God, you honor his name, you honor the name of Christ, you honor his sacrifice on the cross, you honor his blood, and you talk about it. He writes a scroll of remembrance. My goal is to fill heaven with scrolls of remembrance, not because I want to be great in heaven. That's not the point. The point is to bless God. The point is, this blesses God. You can bless God just by speaking about him, just by reverencing him, just by honoring his son. You bless God so much. It blesses God so much. He never wants to forget what you're saying. So a scroll of remembrance was written in his presence. They have recording angels who write God. God says, write this, and they write it. A scroll of remembrance was written in his, and it's written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. There is not a single wasted word coming out of your mouth about God that it will not be remembered for eternity. Everything you say about God, everything, every, every word that honors God, there's scrolls of remembrance written and are filed away in heaven somewhere. In libraries, however, what he does with them. But your words are eternal. The words come out of your mouth about God, about you reverencing God, fearing Him, honoring His name, honoring the name of His Son. It's eternal. 
This, the words coming out of your physical mouth, your physical words out of your physical brain and your mind and out of your heart and out of your spirit coming out of your physical mouth are going to be remembered for eternity. You can't talk about God too much. You can't express yourself about the Lord too much. You can't talk about Jesus too much. You can't share these things too much. That's... The Bible talks about in Proverbs how the wicked are forgotten, how the wicked are cast away, but the righteous are going to be remembered forever. And let's go on to the next verse. You should you should read Malachi 3, 16, 16 through 18, but 16, 17 especially are precious. And what, what's the what's the reward for all of this? They will be mine. Who? Those that fear me, those that speak about me, those that I remember. They will be mine, says the Lord Almighty. In the day when I make up my treasured possession, we are his treasured possession. We are his inheritance, the Bible says. We are Christ's wife. We are God's inheritance. <sighs> I will spare them. In the day when I make up my treasured possession, I will spare them just as in compassion a man spares his son who serves him. Just as in compassion as a man spares his son who serves him, God's going to spare us the same way, compassionately. Then, and you again, and here's the final, here's the balance, and you again will see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those. There is coming a day, right now, even though right now, People think the, the, oh yeah, Bill Gates. I'm not putting Bill Gates down. I'm not picking on Bill Gates. But people like Bill Gates who've got billions of dollars and they seem to have the world as their oyster. They have they have gained the whole world as Jesus said. What is to gain the whole world and yet forfeit your soul? There's coming a day when all those people that have gained the world yet forfeited their soul in that gain, that there's a day where they're going to be separated from us who, who are the righteousness of God. They're going to be separated from those who fear the Lord. And all of their gain and all of their wealth and all of their... I think about the guy that owns the Virgin Airlines guy, uh, the, whatever his name is, that guy. I'm not, put, I'm not putting any of these people down. I'm just using them as examples because these are the guys you think about have all the money. You know, the, uh, the guy that, the, you know, all these people in the world that are billionaires, the guy that owns Amazon, he's a trillionaire. You know, Amazon's worth more than a trillion dollars. So that guy effectively is a trillionaire. All of these people, Jeff Bezos, I think his name, all these people that have everything in the world. There's going to come a day if they don't come to Christ, and we pray they do. We want these people to come to Christ because God could use their money to get the gospel advanced around the world. But there's going to come a day when those that feared God and reverenced him are going to be separated from all of these quote-unquote great people who arrogantly don't serve the Lord. And we're going to see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, those who fear God and those who don't. Man, if you're serving God right now, but you're living under a rock somewhere, you're living under a bridge, keep serving God. Your God's, God's recording every word you're saying about him is being recorded for eternity. And there's going to come a day when he's going to uh, he's going to spare you as a man spares his own son. There's going to come a day when you're going to find out you were his treasure and you are his treasure possession. There's going to come a day when all the words that you spoke out of your mouth are going to be revealed in heaven. And, and, and you'll forget about having lived under the bridge. You'll forget having, about being hungry, living in a tent on the side of the road, whatever. There's coming a day. When the righteous and the wicked are going to be separated. And eternity is going to begin. And smoking and non-smoking is going to happen. Because eternity is one of two things. Smoking or non-smoking. And you don't want smoking. 
But man, then those who, and again, then those who feared the Lord talked with each other. The Lord listened and heard a scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. They will be mine, says the Lord Almighty. And that day when I make up my treasure, that's the day when he's going to make up his treasure possession, the day of judgment. And that day I'll make up my treasure. I will spare them just as in compassion a man spares his son who serves him. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. People love to envy the rich and famous and, and, and those who are ruling over nations. They love to envy those people. Don't pity those people because they think they think that their wealth and their and their intellect and, and, and their power make them something special. They don't. It doesn't. It doesn't at all. All of that's going to pass away. All of that's like shifting. All of that's like shadows. All of that's like like dust. All of that's like fog. It's just going away. Keep serving the Lord, no matter where you find yourself today. Keep speaking about him. Keep serving him. You are his treasured possession in Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's enough of that. But read, study Malachi 3.16. Memorize it. Get it in your heart. See who you are. Malachi 3.16.17 shows you who you are in Christ, serving God, and what God thinks about it. Those two verses, you should just, just put them on your refrigerator and put them on your heart. Get them in your mind. You are his treasure possession. You fear the Lord. Keep talking about him. He's writing about you right now. That's enough. I could go on diatribing forever. Love you, love you. Can't get enough of you.